Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, blessed the name of Yahuwah this holy Sabbath. Welcome everybody, those of you in the chat, greet one another and make those connections. Can you feel the squeeze? I mean, talk about enter through the narrow gate, for small is the road that leads to life, but broad is the road, and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. I am telling you, there is a broad road out there, and those of us that have chosen to travel on the path less traveled, what a wise decision that is. But you can feel the squeeze, can't you? You can feel the squeeze. We are living in some absolute amazing times, but it is the perseverance of the saints. It's the perseverance of the saints. This is where we truly, truly can shine. So greet one another, make those connections, and join me today as we delve into the 25th chapter of the book of Acts, the life of Rav Sholiak Shaul, Rabbi Apostle Paul. What a life. He was feeling the squeeze to compromise, to acquiesce to Festus and Felix, to be able to see if he could broker a deal. Maybe he could get out early. You see, these big numbers, they're so scary. And what it does is it causes you, not you really, but others to acquiesce. Big numbers, 20 years in prison, $10 million, a billion people diet dead, big numbers that cause people then to leave the small narrow road of truth and then go on to this broad road of deception where everything really it, it, it just kind of shifts and like the sand right as if the house was built on sand or a boat without a rudder that's the society in which we live and that's become normal it's become normal now to just go the broad way even though the sand is shifting sand. What matters today won't matter tomorrow. The science of yesterday will not be the science of today. And the science of today will not carry on over tomorrow. But it doesn't matter because we're all in this together. You see, what we need to realize is that the Nuremberg Code, which was brought in after the Second World War that dealt with science and mad scientists that basically got their wares on the people through propaganda, that there were things that were brought in in 1945 and 46 in the Nuremberg Laws to protect people from crazy mad scientists that would say things that were science, but really it was the religion of scientism. Are we that far off from then? I think not, but people don't realize that those laws were brought in to protect future generations from the atrocities that happen when mad scientists get their ideas and hooks into Lucifer, or I should say, Lucifer gets his hooks into them. So be wise and remember, it is the road less traveled that we should be on because that ultimately leads us into the hands of our Father in heaven. So let's delve in right now to the 25th chapter, and we will begin 
this journey. We find, of course, that Festus here has replaced Felix. Festus has replaced Felix after Shaul had been neglected. He'd been put in chains. He had been neglected for over two years. That's quite some time, quite some patience when you feel as if you have been overlooked, when you feel like it is just dragging on and dragging on and dragging on. That's when the temptation comes to surrender to evil, to acquiesce to stupid. But Paul doesn't. He just trusts that Yahweh will see him through. Many people this winter will not have the endurance. They will not have the patience. And they'll acquiesce to stupid so that they can go back on that broad road of all of the things that they want to do. But the rest of us, we must hold fast just like Paul because there is a remedy. And the remedy will never come from the hands of men. Men haven't healed anything. Last time I checked, there still wasn't a cure for cancer. Last time I checked, there still wasn't a vaccination for HIV. So what on earth makes you think that these clowns know what they're doing? Because last time I checked, there's only one healer, and his name is Yahuwah Ropecha, Yahuwah our healer. If you want to get healing, then you go to the source and the creator of all things life. You don't go to mad men that are running around behind the scenes. Paul knows this. He knows that if he's going to get deliverance, if he's going to get salvation from his circumstances, it's not going to be through Felix. It's not going to be through Festus. And it is not going to be acquiescing to the Jews or to the Romans. He stays his course. This is a great lesson for us today. I really believe so. When so many people are tempted to try and get out of the predicament that they find themselves in because it's too much pressure. We have to stand. This is a lesson for us to receive today. Paul really knows that even after two years, he's going to stay the course. History records that Felix was a taker of bribes who had an expectation that the Apostle Paul would make a settlement with him some kind of compromise because you know there were big numbers that were being thrown out in front of Paul you could stay here for 20 years oh why don't why don't we try and um, you know acquiesce to something and do some brokering so we can get out of this present situation and then he would have surrendered all of his rights and he would have never have found the true remedy now when Festus had come into the province after three days he ascended from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Then the Kohen Haggadol, the high priest, and the leaders of the Jews informed him against Shaul and begged him, asking a favor from him, that he would send him to Jerusalem, laying wait in the way to kill him. But Festus answered that Shaul should be kept at Caesarea, and that he himself would depart there shortly. Let them therefore, he said, which among you are able, to go down with me and accuse this man, if there be any wickedness in him. You see, the Jews still 
after two years, have an insatiable appetite for Shaul's death. They have not relented. They have not relented. They are still hoping to get him to travel upon the road to Jerusalem. And this was a surefire plot for his death. Attacking, think about it, attacking a Roman detachment would bring about some serious stern reprisals upon their heads. So this shows you the kind of insatiable appetite for destruction that they had. This shows you the determination of the synagogue of Satan for the extinguishment of the righteous life. Here, of course, the Apostle Paul. They wanted to throw everything they had, even the risk of their own life, their own well-being, to see his destruction and death. And look at verse 6. And when he had stayed among them more than ten days, he went down to Caesarea. And next day, sitting in the judgment seat, commanded Shaul to be brought out. And when he had come, the unbelieving Jews who came down from Jerusalem stood around and laid many and grievous complaints against Shaul, which, of course, they could not prove. He who accuses has to proof up the claim. Let them accuse. Accuse, accuse, accuse. Throw big numbers out at you. Oh my goodness, you're going to go to prison for 10 years. Oh my goodness. You know what? Prove up the claim and stand your ground. All this fear, all of this capitulation to nonsense is unbelievable. I see it all around me. That's how the whole system works hoping that you will just acquiesce and give in to the tyranny of threats, coercion, and duress. But no, Rav Shaliakshol stands his ground, and he gets an amazing remedy, of course. Festus is a true Roman judge, and he speaks clearly of the alleged charges. They are alleged. Nothing has been proven. It's all alleged. Grand. Grand. You allege whatever you want. You are entitled to do that. You go and knock yourself out. It matters not. It matters not. It's a bunch of fiction until you go before the judges. Paul knows this. Many have lost the plot today. Oh my goodness, they alleged this. Oh, who gives them monkeys? Oh, I could go to jail for 10 years. Who gives them monkeys? It's all fiction until you follow it through. But most aren't willing to see it through because they're intimidated, because they're threatened because they're coerced, because there's all this fear of what may never happen. May never happen. We don't have tomorrow. We have today. Today, if you can hear his voice 
says the writer of the book of Hebrews. Today is the salvific day in which we live. Today is the day that I can embrace you, that you can embrace me with a holy kiss, and we can love and strengthen and encourage us. For tomorrow we do not know. Let the heathen, and they are absolute heathens, infidels, let them play with the fiction of tomorrow, because it does not exist. And yesterday is gone. The heathen lives in fear because they live in fiction. But the righteous, we live today. And today we are blessed. We are holy, sanctified, and full of life. What a blessing. And Paul sees that even in his bondage, he finds joy to be able to know that you have the Ruach HaKodesh in you, that Yahusha is at the right hand of the Father interceding with, for you in that present circumstance. And the Holy Spirit gives you the words to speak whenever and wherever you would be. Then that is joy to me. Because tomorrow doesn't even exist. And if you get there, you'll find out that what you thought it was, it wasn't. It is completely different in the scope of faith. Because faith moves mountains. Faith destroys the fear of man. And that is where we must live in our present, present days. Of course, the alleged charges, Festus being a good Roman judge in this instance. He says, if the man has done anything wrong, if, we shall wait and see. A true judge, of course, makes no assumptions. In other words, they will have to proof up the claim in a court of law. The Jewish leaders brought some serious charges against Shaul, but they turned out to be nothing. Nothing. They were invented accusations that couldn't be proved. Now let's look at the three categories of charges. The first two are Jewish in nature. Why is that important? The first two charges are Jewish in nature. Will they have any validity in a Roman court of law? No, none whatsoever. The first, these little devils said, was that Shaul acted against the Jewish law. As in Acts chapter 18 and verse 13, they accused him of that. And then they accused him again in the 21st chapter, in the 21st verse. And then they accused him again of acting against the law, the Jewish law, if you would, back in Acts 23, verse 29. This isn't the Torah. This is their rabbinical decrees and edicts. This is their man-made rote that, of course, Yahushua warned us through the words of the prophet Isaiah to be wary of. You follow the teachings and doctrines of men, yet you do not follow the commandments of the living Elohim. 
Shaul already said on the record that he believed everything that is in accordance with Torah. Gallio already declared in chapter 18, in verse 14, that this accusation had absolutely nothing to do with Roman law. What they get up to and accuse you in the Jewish law and the rabbinical courts has no standing whatsoever to do with Roman law. So it matters not, because he is going before a Roman law. Second, these little devils, of course, charged that he had desecrated the temple in chapter 21, verse 28, and again in last week's chapter, in chapter 24, verse 26. Shaul disapproved that. He disproved that in chapter 24, verse 12, that there was no disturbances whatsoever when he went up to the temple, and they actually had found him to be ritually pure. So what disturbances were there? What disturbances were there? You see, they were trying to stoke up the religious leaders. And third, and this is quite substantial, in Roman courts, he had committed sedition against Caesar. And at this point, that bad boy Nero was now on the throne. And we know what Nero did to the believers. So they claim Shaul was causing riots throughout the empire and that this constituted sedition. Now, this is the big one that is being used today in our nation and across the world, this third one, because this one does have standing in Roman courts of law, of which, of course, our courts of law get their origin. Of course, English law coming over here, now you have, of course, the law that we have today, which is um, standing, but again, it has its footing in this Roman realm. And this third is very substantial. This third accusation is that Shaul had committed sedition against Caesar. They claimed he was causing riots throughout the empire, and this, of course, constituted the sedition. Now, in all the previous hearings and the trials, this accusation had proved false. And no Roman court ever found Shaul guilty of this. No Roman court ever found him guilty of this, which of course is the most grievous of all the charges. And all I need to say is that today we cannot sleep and we cannot slumber upon our rights. Because the man that cannot articulate his rights has none. Has none whatsoever. And this is where Paul stands. He stands, he follows through the process, and he will not be bullied or, 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 or take a bribe or give a bribe to get out of his situation. The formula that they use upon him, of course, is one that we see very much today. Lots of threats, trying to put you under duress, trying to coerce you to do something, to acquiesce, to surrender 
This is what, this is how the Luciferic realm, it's all contract. You've got to give it up so that they can take it. Because nothing is going to be forcibly taken from you. You will surrender it. Not you, but those that go the broad road. And you're going to be bullied and threatened and coerced and dressed and feel all this pressure. But at the end of the day, our private religious freedoms supersede man-made law because they come from the creator and so remember that you're not a member of the public if you're a member of the public then you're in contract in the public realm but we are private religious individuals because we are foreign we are foreign and the heathen are foreign to us that's why we come out of Babylon. That's why we don't go back down into Egypt. We are foreign to the heathen, and the heathen is foreign to us. They live in the public. We live in the private, or we should do, because our faith is what we practice behind the curtain when nobody is looking. It's not some public display that Yahushua said, no, that's not what we do. We live it privately, and it should be exemplified in our lives. And there is where you get the remedy. And this Paul really, really saw. So these charges against him, they were the most grievous, of course, but he did not sleep, he did not slumber upon his rights, and he asserted his rights, and his right was, I appeal to Caesar. He wasn't so high-minded of praying himself out of that situation. He realized he was in a legal situation, and he used the process to go through an appeals process. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. But we sometimes will still have to work through to find the remedy. Okay? So you can't just hyper-spiritualize out of your situation. If you're in it, then you walk through it to find the remedy that is available. It's always available. You can't have harm done to you without the opportunity for remedy. That's not right, and it's not even lawful or moral. So, we continue on, because we really need to address the formula of threat, duress, coercion, and accusation that is very much in play today that many of you are confronting in your lives out there scattered in the nation. Because this formula that is implemented and being implemented across the world today has its origins in Luciferic religion of scientism. The plotters, of course, use a formula of four in an attempt to tar and feather Paul. Now, of course, I know that tarring and feathering was something of later invention, but it's a good phrase to use in this situation. But this formula is being used today against anyone who questions scientism. 
and public mandates. And the thing to remember, like I said, is to live in the private because public mandates are for public servants and they are for people that want to contract with public agencies and therefore there's going to be consequences. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to acquiesce. You need to start controlling your contracts. You need to start controlling your contracts. Live privately as religious men and women. So the formula of four is used to accuse and abuse. Number one, the accusation, of course, the formula of four to accuse and abuse. Number one, you're acting against the law. You're acting against the mandate. Number two, you're desecrating the temple. That's the accusation of many people that just went up to the steps on January 6th. You've desecrated the temple. And it is a temple. It is a religion. Just look at the architecture, this satanic, luciferic architecture in the 10 square miles of Washington, D.C. Oh, it's luciferic. It's a temple, even though they call it a capital. Why does it have all the Roman gods all around it in Washington, D.C.? Why? Why is the streetscape designed in that of a luciferic owl? Why are these things so? Of course, because the Freemasons were a big part of that system. Number three, he's accused of being impure. Well, wasn't that something, that, that phrase, deplorables, thrown around? Oh, they're deplor impure, right? You see, I mean, yeah, we can change it a little bit in the wording, but it's really the same thing. You're they're unclean, they're impure, they're deplorables. Half of the population, allegedly. And, of course, the fourth accusation, sedition. Shaul is committing sedition. And this, of course, is the greatest the nation had ever experienced until since 164 before the common era under Antiochus. But today, you're getting the same narrative. They're causing sedition. This is the, the greatest sedition since um, 1776. These people are, are a threat. But our war is not against flesh and blood. They are principalities that are running this narrative. It's a spirit that is upon the world, and you can feel it. It's a luciferic spirit, the spirit of COVID. It's a spirit, and people are stoking up this spirit, and they're participating. I choose not to participate in the spirit of COVID. That's my personal religious conviction. Others may choose to participate. That is totally up to them. I choose not to participate. I believe, and this is my personal belief, that history will judge this time very similar to when the Nuremberg trials were held and they judged the time preceding that. And many of those doctors that were involved in that kind of occult scientism back then, they were held accountable. And I believe history will look back on this time and see what kind of absolute immoral 
things that have happened to humanity based upon the same kind of types of things that were going on in Germany during the Second World War, experimenting on people and making them believe that they had to participate in the program. Well, those doctors and scientists, they were held account to account, and laws were put in place at Nuremberg to protect future civilizations from such absolute abominations. But people have forgotten. And people think that you have to do this kind of stuff. But the reality of it is it's the broad road and most are traveling on it. And then you get into groupthink, don't you? Which becomes very, very scary. And we find ourselves now in the eighth verse. And when he had answered for himself, he said, neither against the Torah, nor the Jews, neither against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I offended in anything at all. And we're not to be in offense. If they want to participate in that program that is going out across the world, then let them participate. But you don't have to argue. Just don't participate. It's a choice. It's a choice. Maybe your choice is that you want to go um, to Hawaii. So therefore, that's more important to you than, than taking a stand. Well, then that's your choice. Maybe your, your choice is that your job, um, you want to keep your job. Therefore, you're going to participate in the program. Well, maybe you want to keep those benefits coming from, from Joe. Well, then your part, it's all a choice. Everything's a choice. So I'm kind of getting tired of this, I'm being made, I'm being, nobody's forcing you. You think you're being forced. Yeah, the funnel is getting tighter. The road is getting narrower. The gate is getting smaller. And it's a lot easier to go over here, but it's still a choice. It's still a choice. Paul doesn't acquiesce. We shouldn't acquiesce. This, of course, is Shaul's official court testimony, verse 8. Think about it. This, this holds up in a court of law, verse 8 in particular. Why should we believe the testimony from a pastor 2,000 years later from a church pulpit on a Sunday telling you, the Torah is done away with. The food laws are done away with. Sabbath is done away with. That's a bunch of hearsay removed from 2,000 years. We've got literal Roman court of law testimony. I haven't done anything against the Torah. I haven't offended the Torah. I haven't done anything against the temple. And I haven't done anything against Caesar. This is his testimony. Yet you've got pastors now, 2,000 years later, saying, oh, yeah, 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 no, 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 no. It's clear right here how we're to live. There hasn't been this New Testament versus Old Testament mindset, not according to the testimony that holds up in a Roman court of law. This is very profound if you really just focus on this eighth verse. 2,000 years later from the Sunday pulpit, 
you get this very verse contradicted. But this also, we must remember, is Shaul's legal testimony. And of course, it is on the record official court testimony before Roman jurisprudence. Look at verse 9. But Festus, willing to do the unbelieving Jews a favor, there's a lot of backhanded dealing going on right now. A lot of favors. There's a lot of bribes. There's a lot of benefits going on. You know what? If we can get this whole area set fire and we don't actually get it put out, and we leave it to burn, then we can access lots of lots of federal dollars. In fact, this is really good. Maybe we should start doing this on an annual basis. This is good business. It's good for the state. It's, you know, that's just one thing. You're seeing it all over. All over. This is big business. Global business. Festus was willing to do the unbelieving Jews a favor. He answered Shaul and said, Will you go up to Jerusalem and there be judged of these things before me? We know the consequence of Paul getting on that road to Jerusalem. Look at how there is compromise. You see, and this is the thing that people are so naive. You think that your public servants can't lie to you. They're allowed to lie to you. There's no law against them not lying to you. There's a law against them breaking an oath under penalty of perjury, but they won't get you won't get them to take that under penalty of perjury. But there's there's a law against that. But there's no law against lying and deceiving. And that's the problem. But get people to swear under penalty of perjury, and you'll find that you don't get it. And all of a sudden, everything's silent, and you can hear a pin drop. Well, let's, let, I mean, come on. I'm, 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 I'm willing to, um, to, to get it on the record. But why, why aren't, you see, because there's nothing against people lying. They do it all the time. Paul realizes this. And it's pretty insane where we're at in the, in the 25th chapter here. Think about it. The idea of a Roman judge presi presiding over a Jewish trial, it's actually quite difficult to, to contemplate. You've got a Roman judge presiding over a Jewish trial? What, what's up with that? And this, of course, is not to Paul's liking whatsoever, because he knows that the deck is absolutely stacked against him. And if he was to have this Roman judge presiding over a Jewish trial in Jerusalem, that he's done for. He's done for. He's as good as dead, right? The deck is, I mean, they've already got this thing all tabled out. They've got a whole plan. And he's like, no, 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 no way. So he appeals. He uses the process. He goes through the process. He stands strong. And he says, no, I appeal to Caesar. There are remedies available if you don't acquiesce to these clowns. 
to these tyrants of this Roman system that Paul sees very clearly. He's not going to go on the road to Jerusalem. He's not going to go and have this Roman judge rule over a Jewish trial in Jerusalem. He said, no, I'm appealing to Caesar. This demonstrates faith in action. Paul does not try and bring heaven down to earth here. He moves through the process and uses the means available to him. And what is the means that's available to him? There's the means that's available to us today. Appeal. And appeal again. And you may have to wait for years. And that's okay. Because in the meantime, you will be gaining strength and developing your character for future use to bless other believers who get caught in a system of wickedness. And you'll look back and you'll go, my goodness, the Father had his hand upon the whole process. The whole process. Paul moves through that process and he demands appeal. What he does do in this instance is he seeks Yahuwah for guidance in his decision making. And he has a full expectation that miracles will occur and ultimately deliverance and remedy will be given. But he does not acquiesce to the fear. He does not acquiesce to the compromises and all of these backroom dealings. Oh, well, we can do this, and you know, if you do that and do that, and you know, you won't get this amount of prison time. I sat in the court all this week, and every single case, these people have been thrown, oh, you're going to get, you know, this amount of time in prison. Oh, well, okay, okay, well, if you plea, and then they plea, and then they give up every remedy that they had available to them, and it was all based upon fear. All based upon fear. And then off they go, and they're in chains. They're chained up here, chained up the feet, and everybody's shaking hands, and they brokered this and brokered that, and they got this package and that package, and it's all monetized. It's a commercial venue, and everybody's making money. Everybody's making money. And Paul knows this. This is exactly what they were doing. There's nothing new under the sun. I say that every single week. But it is so, so true. And when we have the framing of Scripture, we can see that we are truly just walking through this world, hopefully on that narrow path that leads to life. Too many times I see people neglect to act in this world because they're too high-minded on heaven. And there is a balance, because you don't want to be too earthly-minded either that you're inactive of the faith. But Paul has this balance down perfect. He does not neglect to act in this world. He realizes the balance. And too many times we can neglect to act in this world because we mistake faith to be metaphysical, incorporeal, rather than substantial and corporal. We can't become non-participants in the remedies that are actually available for us to 
access because we're too high-minded and high-focused on otherworldly things, the intangible things, that we become ineffective to the remedies that are available right before us. Balance. Balance. Temperance. Self-control. These are the things that are needed in the days in which we live. Do not acquiesce to the fear, because when you're afraid, you cannot comprehend and you cannot communicate clearly, and therefore the remedy will not be available to you. Shaul encounters angels, and he witnesses the miraculous, yet he uses the Roman appeal process that is available to him, and he aligns with Yahuwah's will for him to be imprisoned in Rome. And we are the benefactors of him being imprisoned in Rome. That's the true calling of a balanced believer. Shaul is not too high-minded to call upon his rights because he can see the sands are shifting, where political expediency too often wins over individual rights. Are we living in a time like that, where political expediency is too often being the victor over people's individual rights. It's all about political expediency. These people are trading horses. They are literally trading positions, political expediency as they step over humanity. Don't get caught up in the horse trading. Do not participate in the trading of souls. It is against our beliefs. That is the Luciferic realm. We are told not to participate in the trading of souls on that Admiralty Maritime International Commercial Venue called Mystery Babylon. Paul calls on his rights as a Roman citizen and he demands to be tried before Caesar's court. And he is not going to surrender to so-called Jewish justice. Brethren, the time has come in this land when you may have to call upon all of your individual rights and not surrender to so-called partisan justice. That may happen. I believe it's coming. But that's just my opinion. The whole judiciary thrives upon fear. It thrives upon big numbers thrown around to try and get you to surrender your rights. Big numbers. Doesn't matter whether it's years, doesn't matter whether it's dollars, it's all about getting fear to ensue and acquiescence will prevail. That is not what Paul gives into. Two years he waits and longer and longer and longer. Sure, Shaul never acquiesced to such a thing, and I do not believe that we should either. What must we do? Well, I believe, first, that we should relinquish our life to Yahuwah through Yahusha. 
then we press in daily through prayer, supplication, the reading of the word, and we press into the Ruach because the truth is Yahusha, and Yahusha has put the Ruach HaKodesh inside of us. And if we can hold the truth, which will resonate within us, then all of the deception that is so abundant today, we will not participate in the deception because the deception changes and shifts because it's imagery and a mirror, which is why none of it makes any sense. If you look back on the past year and a half, all the data's changed, all the numbers changed. It's fiction land because it's deception. But if you know the truth, then you will stand and you will become an island, an island of faith that those that are seeking shelter will come. How can you do this? How come you can come here and do it? Well, you can too, except you don't believe you can. You don't believe you can. Will you be tested? Will you be tempted? Of course you will. But Yahweh is with his people. We must press in to truth the way, the truth, and the life in these days when there is so much deception around. Yahushua is the only way. He is the only way. Everything that he is, is for us today. Truth manifest in our life that leads us on the narrow way. When we relinquish our life to Yahuwah, we are assured that he has a plan for us and that we will have shalom in all circumstances. Shaul relinquished his life to Yahusha, the way, the truth, and the life on the way to Damascus. So here he is quite content to relinquish his life to Caesar. Why? Because he's already relinquished his life to Yahusha, so, so what if he relinquishes his life to Caesar? He's not really in Caesar's hands, is he? He's in Yahusha's hands. Just accept it all. Accept it all. Matters not. Because I, my life is already in the hands of Yahushua. So, so what if I fall into the hands of Caesar? If I fall into the hands of this judge? If I fall into the hand? The word tells us where our friends are. Let yourself fall into the hand of your friend so that you can be delivered. He is fully willing to face Roman justice in this instance. Look at verse 10. And then said Shaul, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. To the Jews have I done no wrong, as you very well know, you little devils. For I will be an offender, for if I will be an offender, excuse me, or have committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die. But if there be none of these things of which thee accuse me of, no man may deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. 
Then Festus, when he had conferred with the Sanhedrin, asked, Have you appealed to Caesar? To Caesar? You shall go. Bring it. Bring it. You want to do this thing? Let's do it. I'm down. Bring it. That's what Paul says in modern vernacular. There's a lesson in, our, in this for us. There is a lesson in all of this for us. The necessity of readiness to face very difficult and very complex issues under duress. When they are trying to coerce you. When they are trying to compel you to perform by force. And that's one thing I recognize is compel performance. It's all compelled performance. Shaul squares off with this intimidation. He squares off with the threats. He squares off with the constraint. He squares off with the enforcement. He squares off with the exaction. And he trusts. That he is in the shadow of Yahweh's wings. That Yahweh's wings are abounding. That Yahweh is his shield and his defense. That Yahweh is his strong, sure buckler. Do you believe that? I believe it. Shaul's imprisonment. I believe should be a strength for all of us in these hard times. Because pressing circumstances may, they may come. But we need to trust Yahweh that we are not alone in our trials. That it is ordained that when we get put to the fire, that is the time for us to be refined to be refined in all of the glory that Yahweh would have for us. Look at the 13th verse. And after certain days, King Agrippa and Bernice came to Caesarea to greet Festus. And when they had been there many days, Festus declared Shaul's cause to the king, saying, There is a certain man left in prison by Felix, about whom, when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priest and the elders and the Jews informed me, desiring to have judgment against him. Verse 16. To whom I answered, It is not the manner of the Romans to deliver any man to die before the one accused has an opportunity to answer the accusers. Panaim el Panaim, face to face. See, many of the people out there now that are accusing you, coercing you, threatening you, they won't even reveal their faces. So why would you acquiesce to their demands? You see, there is ways in which intimidation is brought forth. Torture. And these processes are fully in play today but Paul does not acquiesce he continues to stand strong and he says that he needs that opportunity to answer for himself 
the crime that is laid against him. Verse 16. Shaul is willing to see it through to its end. And so should you and I be today. Whatever it is. Do not cop a compromise. Do not cop a plea because you're afraid of some potential outcome that may happen or may never ever happen. And even if it does, then it was ordained. You walk through it and the road becomes narrower as the broad road of all the compromises becomes more plain to see in front of you. Verse 17, therefore, when they were come without any delay on the next day, I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man, the man, to be brought in. Against whom, when the accusers stood up, they brought none of the accusations about such things as I thought. You see, wasn't even what he thought but had certain issues against him about their own worship and about someone named Yahusha, who was dead, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. And because I was uncertain about these matters, I asked him whether he would go to Jerusalem and there be judged on these matters. The blessed hope of the resurrection is what casts out all fear, all anxiety, and truly should be at the forefront of all of our minds right now today. If your heart, mind, and faith is set on the blessed hope of the resurrection, then all this fear about, oh, you're going to die, everybody's dying, then, 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 then you really shouldn't be afraid. Because our mind is on the blessed resurrection. So death, where is thy sting? But when, verse 21, Shaul had appealed to be kept for a hearing before Augustus, I commanded him to be kept until I might send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would also like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. And the next day when Agrippa had come and Bernice with great pomp and show and had entered into the place of hearing with the commanders and important men of the city, at Festus's commandment, Shaul was brought out. Now, this is quite amazing if you really think about it. And often these, these places, they are theater. It's theater. It's a big show. It's a set. It's been dressed and oftentimes, all of the actors are ready and in position and following the script. And it's, you, see, you hear the same script again and again and again and again. And it's a controlled environment, okay? This hearing is equivalent to a hearing before the joint, joint chiefs and senators of today. I mean, these are the big wigs. And this is not in an inconsequential audience whatsoever. And it testifies to the significant impact that the resurrection of Yahusha has had historically and politically upon this environment. That all of these bigwigs, like I say, the equivalent of calling down the joint chiefs of staff and all of the senators to hear about the resurrection of Yahusha through the testimony of Paul. Because it had upset the political landscape so much so. 
So when there is terror and fear all around, remember the blessed hope of the resurrection and fear will dissipate. 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 Verse 24. We'll finish up. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all the men who are here present with us, you see this man about whom the multitude of the Jews have dealt with me, both at Jerusalem and also here, screaming like lunatics that he shouldn't live any longer. But when I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death, and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I have determined to send him of whom I have no certain charges to write to my master. Therefore, I have brought him out before you, and especially before you, O King Agrippa, so that you, after your thorough investigation, your thorough examination, I might have something to charge him with. For it seems to me unreasonable. Oh, finally, somebody's starting to think. It seems unreasonable to send a prisoner and not signify the crimes brought against him. There are some good judges around. There really are. I've witnessed it myself, both sides. I've seen totally corrupt, and I've seen really, really good. Really good. And right here, we can see that there is some reason here, some balance. Verse 27, for it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not signify the crimes brought before him. And here's the conclusion of the matter. Don't give in to fear. If you can't articulate your rights, you have none. And Paul works through the legal system to find the remedy that is actually available in there for him. Does he make mistakes? Yes. And when you do, you repent of your sins and then you find yourself standing in honor. And we've all made mistakes. So repent is the remedy that is always available. Even today, it is always available to humble yourself and to say, I made a mistake. And sometimes you may have signed something. You know what? You can rescission your signature and say, I made a mistake when I did that. It's okay. It will be honored because sometimes people make genuine mistakes. And when you start accusing people of fraud and that I was forced to do that, then you have to prove up the claim. But you can make mistakes. There's nothing to prove then. You made a mistake, right? And then you can set yourself back on that narrow road in the instance or in the situation in which you live or find yourself. And Paul realizes that he can patiently prolong the process through the appeal. He has no worries in prolonging the process. 
it's okay because that is the journey on which his foot was set. He didn't ask for it, but he now accepts it and he has no problem prolonging the process. He didn't ask for it. But they messed with the wrong man because he has got the endurance of the saints. He will not be worn down. And he's found his foot upon that path. So he will prolong the process to appeal, to appeal to Caesar. And therefore, he realized that he shall not appeal to any regular man, but he will go through the process. And look at verse 27. This really stuck out to me. For it seems unreasonable to send a prisoner. For it seems unreasonable to send a prisoner. We must have the patience of the saints to allow justice to be administered justly. To allow justice to be administered according to fairness as contrasted, excuse me, with the strictly formulated rules of procedure that exist for those that want to argue and be in controversy. They were then in the Roman system and they were then today. If you want to argue, there will always be a court available for you to argue in. But Paul doesn't want to argue. He doesn't want the controversy. Shaul realizes by exercising patience and long-suffering, even whilst in chains, he will have an alternative available to him rather than the harsh rules of rabbinic law and Roman law. He had another remedy. Paul seeks relief under Yahweh's guidance. And you and I should seek relief also under Yahweh's guidance. It's always present in every situation then as it is today. It's the spirit and habit of fairness, justice and justness, the right dealing which regulates the intercourse of men with men. It was present in Caesarea. It was present in Rome, and it is, brethren, very much present today. It looks upon that as done, which ought to have been done. And it has a remedy in our lives. Note this. Yahweh is with his people. He truly is. Yahweh is with his people where the final acts against the saints will be ex executed exactly as they ought to have been. Not as the world might have executed them. You see, what many don't realize today that I feel and see through reading Acts chapter 25 that Paul saw which allowed him to have the patience to appeal and to stay in prison for a long, long time, is that there is a body of rights and remedies 
that are available to the saints then and today, which renders the administration of justice more complete by affording relief where the courts of law are incompetent to give it, to give it with effect by exercising certain remedies independently of them. Shaul knew this, and I believe you and I need to wise up to this too. Peace and goodwill to all men. No arguments, no accusations, no controversy, but the assurance and the ever-present hope of Yahuwah being with us and in us through it all, giving us the remedy as he has done for millennia. That's the way of the faith of the saints. And when they bring you up into the synagogues and unto the magistrates and the powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer. Don't fret about it. Don't stay up all night worrying about it. What you're going to say, oh, what shall I say? For the Ruach HaKodesh shall teach you in that very hour and instance what ye ought to say and you will get the remedy this is the way to live in this season and it's available to us all if we will just believe and the ones that are on the broad road they don't believe and therefore they can't act in that belief but as for me in my house I believe I act in that belief, and I have remedy everywhere I go, even under immense threat, coercion, fear. Oh, this is going to happen. This could happen. That There is remedy everywhere available if we can stand in honor and integrity and not fight, not argue and not get involved in the controversies of this world. Let them at it. COVID is a controversy. It's a big argument. And it is, of course, where everybody's going. I choose not to participate. And that gives me a remedy in so many areas. I pray that you be blessed and see that Paul access that remedy let's have a look and see if you guys have anything in the chat if you want to redline me then please please do and um let me see all right let me refresh refresh my screen here I know many of you have uh, been connecting through the chat today let's see we got the live chat going here uh, give me a second The Libby Tube, Shabbat Shalom down there. Libby, she says, when you have done all you can do to stand, stand therefore, 
pray and praise him. There's only so much that we can do. Then you just have to relinquish and await the remedy. And it may take some time, but that's okay. Athagress says in Psalm 37, verse 3, Trust in Yahuwah and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Praise Yahuwah. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah there. Let's see. Yes, Jose down there in Florida. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. It's already been, it's already overcome the world. And um, prayers go out for Sister Gabriella in Hawaii that she would be delivered from any pain in her um, afflictions in her body. So, brethren, please lift up um, our sister there in uh, Hawaii. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. And, of course, we do have the prayer, um, the sisters' prayer and the men's prayer gathering that you can go and be a part of, of course, TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and get together with all of those groups. Yes, Carrie S., New Zealand has no constitution. I am currently trying to find info. Well, of course, but there is, of course, human rights, and there, of course, are rights that are endowed from our Creator. So it doesn't matter. You can still stand. And again, like I say, I believe many of these, um, these so-called doctors and all of this propaganda, um, these people will be found histor in history, I believe, will find them um, to be in um, wanting, to be wanting. Thank you, Mickey. Mickey says, good insight, Brother Matthew. Well done. Shalom and Shabbat Shalom to you. Sister, Baruch Hashem, Yahweh. Hey, what else we got here? Let me see. And Robert Gomez asks for the priestly prayer and to pray for all the sick people in our communities. Thank you and bless you. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh. Let's, um, let's bow our heads one another and, and pray because Yahweh is with us and Yahweh is with his people. That we truly, truly would be that people that would be the healing hands. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Yevarechacha Yahuwah vayishmarecha. Yeyer Yahuwah panavalecha vechonecha. Yesa Yahuwah panavalecha vayasim lecha lecha shalom. May Yahuwah bless you and keep you. May Yahuwah's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahuwah lift up his countenance upon you and grant you shalom. In the name of Yahusha, sa shalom that his healing remedy of the Ruach HaKodesh be available to us all, that we would press in, that we would be pure in heart, in mind, and in thought, body, and deed, that our actions 
would speak so much louder because we walk in that honorable way that Yahushua has commanded us to walk. Of course, when he spoke at the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, there is the remedy available to all of us. Life, blessing, and abundance. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. So, yes, make sure, Shiloh, Shabbat Shalom. I agree with the remedy found for Mystery Babylon found today. Um, Jeremiah 50 and 51, it's complete with justice and judgment for all who believe. Yes, thank you. Thank, how, how are things up there in um, the gorge? So much, so much. Great word tonight. Thank you, Alma Gordon, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Much more truth. How do we stand on the Constitution when it was suspended on March 13th, 2020, when Trump signed the country over to FEMA? Well, you know, many of the remedies that um, are, were available in the Constitution, they don't work in um, these Article I courts anyway, because they're not Article Three courts. So, you know, you just have to realize that. And that's a lot of these people go in there arguing. And, you know, I've done that in the past too, believing that. But that's really not what the, the way for us. Again, the way for us is to seek, seek that narrow path that leads to truth and to not get involved in the arguments, in the controversy, because then that puts you into that particular realm, which I think is a realm of just basically monetizing um, people's pain and suffering, and I don't want any part of it. Pixie from Dixie says, of course, Matthew chapter 10, verse 19, and this is what we spoke about earlier. I think I gave Luke's version of that, but when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. And that is a truth. That is a promise. And I know that Yahweh is faithful to that. All right. Let's uh, finish up with a couple here. And I'll let you guys greet one another with a holy shalom. And remember, you can always connect with us six days a week at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. And if you're still with us right now, please give us a thumbs up. Give us a thumbs up. It really does help populate in the um, algorithms and hopefully then that will enable one saint to get this teaching and connect to the ministry because it does come up in the recommended section oftentimes in people's search history. So please help those algorithms by giving us a thumbs up right now. If you're watching, give us a thumbs up. And if it's after the event, the live stream here, then you can always make a comment edify one another down in the comments section please and make connections with one another that's what this is all about and if you have a feast site that you are um, you know about put that up in the chat or the comments section whether it be in Florida Ohio Idaho wherever so that people maybe near or around you can connect because we really want to strengthen and build that community of course here in Oregon it's all up in the air again as of course 
all of the rules and regulations are constantly shifting on the sand of mystery, mystery Babylon. You just really can't keep up with the lunacy. You really can't. But anyway, we've got Apostle Dr. Errol Shmuel O'Connor, Baruch Hashem, and Baruch Hashem to you. I don't think I've seen you on um, Torah to the Tribes before, so welcome. Glad to see you here. And Angela Bonjour, I just love saying your last name. Love to you all. Shabbat, love, and shalom. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh. And see, there's so much. I could, I could spend so much time going through all of this. But you guys go through the chat later and make those connections. And I pray that we will be able to join with one another next Shabbat. And I'm not sure. I'm sure Miss Tamara Salerno will let me know. But I am going to be on the Shabbat Fellowship coming up here soon. And remember, you've got the, the men's group, the women's group, you've got youth group, you've got all kinds of connection events available at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. And please do pray and think and consider about supporting this ministry. And thank you, all of you, the, through your giving over the many, many seasons. So many are so faithful each and every week. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Bless you all, bless you, and Yahweh be with you in your thought life, in your prayer life, and as you walk your life out in faith every day. Just keep that narrow road before you and that small gate before you because the majority are on a broad path and we know that destruction is ahead for those that acquiesce to absolute silliness. Be blessed and have shalom. Shabbat Shalom.